Hello, everybody. Welcome to Club Pro Chatter, Season 5, Episode 1. Greg Snow coming to you live with my buddy Scott McDonald. Is that a high five? Yeah, Scott, that's a high that- five for five years of this podcast. We look the exact same. Uh, I've added a chin. I don't know about you. <laughs> I've tried not to. You know, Scott, sometimes I do this. Yep. Try yep. to stop. But I see you're going with the kind of scruffy facial hair again. Man, I, have I told you it's so good to have you back? Well, I, mean, I do. I, I don't have the full-on parts like you like, but I, I think the different uh, hairstyles I've had over the years is if yours hasn't changed much. Mine, there's a lot of uh, different things going on. But uh, it's it's pretty remarkable that when you and I talked about this in a hotel in Shaska about six years ago that this actually is season five. That's right. So that's Scott McDonald, the director of speed with Ripstick. Scotty, I see that you were on another podcast uh, with your buddy, Brad Cole, the other day. Yes, it was the provisional podcast. I'm trying to determine who talks more on the podcast, you or Brad. It's a very, you two on a podcast would not work. Why not? I'm a good because listener. you you can back and forth, but no, it was awesome. Jeff Kaiser, who actually worked for the U of M for a long, no, I think almost 20 years, is now director of marketing at Interlochen. So he's in the golf business now, and his brother's a PGA pro out on the East Coast. Really good player. So it's fun to talk with those guys. I mean, Brad's a good friend, and Jeff, I've I've known 10 plus years, so it was it was a lot of fun. Well, that's great. We're going to bring on Tone Polito in a little bit. Kaylee will come on as well uh, shortly with our state of the section. They help us out tremendously with these podcasts, set everything up. Scotty, I'm going to start with apologies. Mine first is to Lucky. I should have known where he worked. It's something we do. You keep me up to speed on all the changes. And I came out with, where are you at? You've been everywhere. And I, I just need to apologize for my first one to Lucky. I should have known those things ahead of time. And um, I, I just I just want to say my bad. Scott, go ahead. Uh, my apology is we're starting off the uh, the fifth season on a on a on a bad point for me. I don't I didn't do much research, and I'm back. Uh, I didn't do much research, but I'm going to apologize to Lucky too because we brought up hockey. They were the number one seed and got upset by New Prague. So they did not make it to state. Um, New Craig came out of section one. My Fairbow Falcons, I think, got ousted in the first round as well. Um, so lucky. Sorry the season ended short. Uh, better luck next year. And uh, best of luck at the Meadows. The Meadows, that's right. Uh, we'll talk about this in a little bit. But, Scott, did you see that that tournament is up? Oh, yes, I did. I did see the Pro-Am. I mean, it's it's now, I think, your 35th event of the year that you'll be going to. We had a little briefing the other day, me and Scott, about uh, the events that we're going to. And, um, yeah, it's going to be tough for us both, Scott, because we like to support. I got a second apology, which is um, if I get cranky today, uh, I'm going to apologize ahead of time because uh, the snows hit a deer last night, Scott, on the way home from the Minnewas, or excuse me, from the bold basketball game. We were 22 miles from home and jumped straight out of the ditch and totaled my wife's, we think totaled my wife's vehicle, limped her home. And um, I was barking at my kids last night. I was 
I was not a happy camper. You ever hit a deer, Scott? Oh yeah, I've uh, I've I've hit one deer, and uh, it didn't total the car; just caught the front end. But um, so is this your way of saying you will not be driving to the Ozarks? Um, um, yeah, we did talk about that. I might be taking that vehicle. Oh, uh, <laughs> we'll see, Scott. We're going to, looks like we're going to get a rental, um, you know, with all the stuff that's happening. So maybe I can take the rental. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know, Scott. I, I, like I said, I was a little cranky. I'm actually glad to see smiling faces. I love seeing you. I love seeing Tone. Love seeing Kaylee. And this makes it so much better for me. Um, so, yeah, that, those are my couple apologies. Anything else that you messed up at the? Uh... No, not that, not that I can recall. Uh, but I will say that we need to, uh, we need to watch out for you because your son's got car troubles too. So apparently, do you need me to talk to the guy in Alexandria with the red racer? No, Ryan Snow, my son, of many of you know, he was driving a junker as well. He is upgraded. He's got a real job. He's been reffing a lot of basketball. So he, uh, he's got uh, one of those more expensive vehicles that you like to drive, Scott. You know, that guys like you with money. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah can, can go out and buy a, you know, it's a used one, but it's still 17000 And with the price of gas, um, I, I think he did okay because he went smaller. But these bigger vehicles, Scott, they got to hurt right now for those truck owners, huh? Yes, yes, for sure. And uh, I'm going to one. my final apology is if Greg Snow cuts out and freezes and looks like he's catatonic, it's just because he's got an unstable network, much like his unstable lifestyle. It's true. I actually had a chat with a guy up in the stands and the, he found out that I do some um, broadcasting for some games. He goes, what don't you do? <laughs> and so my lifestyle is all over the place, but that's who I am. Uh, Scott, the, uh, the sweater vest segment got a lot of hits. Uh, really? Yeah. The boys in Olivia loved it. Uh, I had some comments from some other friends. So very nice job with making fun of me. Uh, we appreciate that. <laughs> and, uh, I think it went over very well. I'm not immune to it. Cause you know that I rip everybody for every little thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, my kids, they, they, they love it and hate it all in the same breath. Um, but they know that you're not going to get away with something. And, and I, I should be no different. I appreciate you calling me out on it. I might wear it down at the Ozarks here next week. Did you wear it last night for IU's big basketball game? Because no, I, hate those, I, I hate those play-in games. I think it's the dumbest thing that the NCAA has ever done. Uh, I think it's ruined the tournament a little bit because every bracket that you do is, do you add those? Do you not? What is, you know, who are they playing? I hate it because you need those three or four days to kind of look at the matchups. Matter of fact, Scott, my bracket is not even close to done. See? I'm Where are you at? Right here. How, oh, you haven't even started either. <laughs> Did you get in Tim Johnson's bracket? I will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a lot, but here's, here's one thing. I know we're supposed to talk about golf, but here's one thing I'm doing this year with the brackets that I never do. I'm filling out just one, not multiple. I'm just going one. Well, aren't you doing one and then sending it to different places? Yes, but usually I'll doing. do like multiple and different ones. I'm just doing one. I'm and putting Saint. I'm putting Saint Mary's right now to beat Wyoming or to beat Indiana. Yeah, Indiana is 
you know, I'm not a big Indiana fan. I went to, my wife went to Butler and everybody in Indiana thinks Indiana basketball won the national title last year. It, it turns out they haven't won a national title since 1987. I don't know if they know that, but that's, that's like, Steve Elford. Yes. It's yeah. like three, that's like 35 years ago, I believe. Yeah. Let's bring in Kaylee. We got to get back to discipline on golf here. Uh, we could easily talk NCAA basketball, but I've watched you play ball, Scott, and you're terrible. So I, I don't know. You're a good runner. You're a great golfer. Mm, basketball. Am I better Anyways, than CJ Meyer? <laughs> Kaylee, what do you got for a state of the section? <laughs> Season five, episode one. Yeah, well, to kick things off here, um, the MSR cycle is going to be ending on June 15th, 2022. So if you haven't completed your MSR credits, uh, we have a ton of opportunities if you want to check out the education opportunities on our website, but just a big heads up FYI. What's that date again, Kaylee? June 15th, 2022. Everybody gets plenty of updates on this, right, Scott? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't get them because I'm always way ahead. But... Oh, mister, I'm always way ahead. Well, but but I'm just saying, I, I, at the PGA, every time you log into PGA.org, it's right there. It says required. Here's where you should be. Um, I think you've got a little ways to go. Are you good now? Well, I'm waiting for a couple things to update, which is uh, some of our board meetings, uh, that planning session that we had. And uh, Kaylee, are we all up to speed on these babies? Uh, we should see. I mean, I can double check with Catherine Could on that kind check? of thing. Although yeah. I don't think these are different, right, Scott? These are not the required ones. These are the elective ones. Yep, yep. These are just the, these are the easy ones. Yeah, which I've got plenty of those. It's the hard ones. But I am going to go to the uh, four ball, um, and then the meeting on that date. How many credits can I get there, Kaylee? It's a great question for Tone. Okay. Tone will look that up for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. Tone is looking it up for you. Yep, he's looking you. up where you're at. Great reminder, Kaylee, and I know the section does a great job of this of letting people know where they're at, and we know that this is a well-attended meeting coming up because everybody needs those two, four, six points, whatever it is, uh, but you can still get stuff online, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. yeah, there's a ton of different things going on, whether you're going to tune in from Zoom or attend in person this upcoming spring. We have a couple of different opportunities. All right, awesome. Next yeah, on the list. One thing I was going to say, Kaylee, is, yeah, this is a perfect time. Uh, sign up for that Luther Pro Series 1 and go to that spring meeting. It's the same day. You get to, you knock out the MSRs, and then you get to play golf, Greg. Sounds like a good day to me. Yeah. Greg needs four more. Oh, planning session not uploaded. I might be okay, Tone. I'm still going. I'm still yeah. going to go to it. All right. Next on the list for the section tournaments this upcoming season, event registration opens next Monday, March 21st at 9 a.m. Greg, it, name the one event that if you didn't register and didn't get in, you'd be the most upset about all year. Well, it's like... Yeah, obviously the section championship, but that's not up yet. So currently yeah. it would be that Luther Pro Series. 
because again, without the golf, it's hard for me to commit to a lot of stuff because golf entices me. It's kind of why mm-hmm. we started these podcasts, Scotty. We wanted to talk to the tournament golfers and we want yeah. to talk to all section members, but we wanted this to be about the tournaments. Cause that's what you and I, we just love that aspect of our jobs. And now that you have a lot more time on your hands, uh, you, you, you're going to get the 37, 38 events. So yeah, I, uh, that Luther pro series one has filled up in the past and mm-hmm. people have been upset about it. Yes. And I, I, I love that Kaylee mentioned, Hey, you can sign up for it as early as next Monday. So get on it because that event will fill up. I guarantee it, especially with this long winter, everybody's going to be like, when can I play some golf? Right. Yep. Yep. That's good a good reminder. reminder Kaylee. Kaylee. So Monday, Yep, at 9 a.m. And then lastly here, the junior golf season is also about to start with our uh, lottery that also opens on Monday at 9 a.m. So junior golfers can make their selections and their picks through the tournament selection process. And that will end uh, in April. So you have quite a bit of time to make your selections and your picks of tournaments you'd like to play in this summer. Um, but that ends on Friday, April 29th at 4.30 p.m. Scott, this is your area. You're yeah. the junior golf guy. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, are we concerned that the blue golf server is going to crash with every, everybody registering on Monday? Um, surprised that it didn't crash during that players tour release. Um, yeah, it's always interesting to see the final numbers. I'm sure we're going to beat uh, the the total number of participants from last year. Um, and of course, this will be my plug that we always need more host facilities. Um, we're going to start um, on this podcast. If you haven't hosted a junior event in the last five years, we're going to have a list and it's going to scroll through there. I and, love uh, that. <laughs> it's uh, all we're asking. I mean, we won't do that, but uh, what? I love that idea. I do too. But all we're asking is host once every five years, especially if you're a private club in the Metro. These Metro facilities are in super high demand. We we filled up uh, a bunch of events in three minutes, Greg, three minutes. That Luther Pro Series isn't going to fill up in three minutes. It's probably going to fill up in three weeks, but still three minutes. It are a bunch of our players to our events filled up. Okay. Mm -hmm. I want to ask both of you a question on this because I don't get it. How does that, who is the driver and the promoter of why kids are waiting at their computer or parents? Is it the, is it the staff at the section? Is it PGA pros? Is it all of the above? Who is it that's making this so that people are literally waiting at their computer for 9am central to hit or whatever the time was. Do either of you know that or tone? I, I mean, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, to explain a little bit, I guess, for Players Tour, when you have a Players Tour membership, you also get a membership into the Junior junior Tour as well. But specifically for Players Tour, uh, we do registration first come, first serve. And so this year when our time was set at noon, um, you have to be ready to pick your events because otherwise they, they go fast. And I think it relates to a lot what Scott said, like, simply like we just need more golf courses that are going to host events 
Um, we had, I think this year, a couple more events added on the players tour side. Um, but I mean, with the tee times that were allowed it a given, whether it's going to be a shotgun or a tee time start at a golf course, um, it makes a huge difference on how many kids we can let play for the summer. And, um, it's a crazy thing to be here on a Monday when our players tour went live and, you know, we're doing the best we can with what we have, but it all definitely helps to have more and more golf courses step up to the plate um, saying, you know, we'll host, we'll help you guys out. I want on one of the, you know, we've got a couple dates set for our next podcast. I want Carla on, I want to ask her about this stuff. If we can, Kaylee, if you can make that happen, I, I would love to, just pick her brain as to why she feels things are going. I mean, we heard about this before, Scott, five years ago when I was on the board about the junior golf space and how other entities are maybe invading. And yet we continue as a section and every member needs to be proud of this out there. And that's our target audience, Scott, that we are still the leaders in junior golf in the area and kudos to all the staff and Scott, to you and that committee. I I'm just, amazed that that's that fills up in three minutes i just spit that's how amazed i am right there you probably can see the spectacle fly yeah it's um it's 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 crazy um the demand right now in that space and when i heard that it it kind of shocked me a little bit but not i wasn't like knocked off my feet because that's just how much demand there is right now. If we had 30 players tour events, I think we could fill 25 of them. And the other five would be 85% filled. And how many do we have now? We just put 11, 12. 12. Yep. Wow. So, yeah. It's I mean, and we, I guess, from working on staff, you know, we'll get a lot of comments saying, like, well, why? why don't you guys have an event here? It's like, we would love to have an event there. Please go talk to your pro. Right. Yep. That's, that's a really well said. And you guys have plugged that and, and we're going to start that list, Scott, whether we publicize it or not. I want to see that list of courses that haven't. And then you and I, we have a way, Scotty, we can back when we see these guys at events and stuff, we have a way to go in and go, Hey, Hey, hey. um, we noticed you haven't hosted anything in a while. Can you help us out? And they can give us their excuses, but we, we have an ability to make them feel just a little bad about it. Don't we? Yes. It's, it's Hey, and like I said, and it's the same thing with tone getting events uh, or host facilities for our section events. We're not asking every year. We appreciate what North Oaks and Keller and all the places that host every single year, the Olivia's, the Minnewaskas, we need those facilities. But we need high-end private clubs to host once every five years. That's it. Once every five years, if we get a rotation going, it's going to help us immensely. So if you haven't hosted in the last five years, you should kind of feel bad. If you haven't hosted in the last 10 years, you should feel really bad. And you, if you've never hosted, then you should, you probably should look out for Greg and myself. <laughs> you, you should ask your board to forgive you for not bringing it to their attention. You know that, Hey, we need to do more in this area. Junior golf is booming. And why aren't we part of it? Right, Scotty? I mean, that's, 
for me and Olivia, it's an easy sell, obviously. All my golf is in the evening. We have the tournament in the morning. I'd host three or four of these, seriously, because mm -hmm. it's a great deal for us. But I realize that not every place is Olivia Golf Club. And plus, since we're so far out of the cities, there isn't a high demand. But those cities' courses, we're sorry to do this to you, but I think people would understand, and I think your boards would be okay with it if it came with that idea that, you know what, junior golf needs us right now. How can we help? Well, not to mention, and uh, just to piggyback on that, is if you've got kids playing golf at your facility, I guarantee you they're playing in one of our junior tours. So you're supporting, your members are on these tours. So your, your facility is supporting junior golf growth at your facility and within the state. And that's ultimately what it's all about is growing the game because in 10, 15, 20 years, we need golfers or else there's not going to be private clubs. So that's, wow, that's that, my thought. That's the deep scare, Kaylee. Oh, I'm not going one. that far. Well, I'm just saying that's, that's the truth. If, if, if you don't have prospective members true. in 15, that's 20 true. years, then it's going to be a trickle down and, that's that's how we we grow the game and how how we grow the business to be honest the golf business and golf in general very well said kaylee anything else for us that's all i got so all right thank remember you remember those all. dates thanks yep, kaylee. Scotty, scotty great transition though by you about sites and uh where we're heading and we're going to bring tone in here and he's going to talk to us about the 2022 uh, tournaments and sites that he's obtained. Uh, some of you maybe haven't looked on the website, but Tone's done a lot of work. Scott, this cat right here that you see, he's teased us a lot. And I want everybody out there to realize that this guy is nothing but professional, which is different than you and me. Um, he, he respects those contracts. He wouldn't even tell us some of the sites. And he was like, you know what? I, I got to wait until it's a done deal, but we've got some stuff in, in the hopper and, so, Tone, tell us what you got going on out there, and uh, thank you for all you do for us, man. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, it seems like there's a lot going on this year. It seems like there's a lot more than, you know, every year kind of builds up and more and more get added to the schedule. But um, obviously, recent additions, you know, some, some pro-ams, a new one, obviously, you mentioned earlier, Meadows uh, and Mystic Lake, and then a couple others are returning. Um, you know, we added the Twin Cities Open, which is one I know we teased on the show before. A um, little longer to get that all locked and loaded, but like I said, so many moving parts. We finally got uh, some dates locked in, and that'd be at Rush Creek, May 17th and 18th. Um, you know, early registration is being sent for some individuals. Uh, I know Scott signed up uh, recently for that event. Greg, hope about 1230 last night. It's tough for me because I coach golf, as you guys know, but I fully support the event, and I, I – I wanted to continue, and I, I again, I might sign up, Tone. We'll see how it all shapes out here. It's going to fill um, up, Greg. Well, I, hey, if it fills, great. You don't need Greg Snow. But again, right? I mean, 78-78 isn't going to do you a whole lot in those. And uh, early in the year, that's where I'm usually at. <laughs> we'll see. So, sorry, Tone. Keep going. Um. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, obviously our majors have been on the schedule for a little bit. I'm just trying to think of ones that were came out recently. Um, 
we are partnering with um, a new kind of tour for an event out in South Dakota called the City Tour. It's more uh, geared towards amateur players. Um, but, you know, if you have any interest or any individuals at your club would think be interested, it's kind of like a two-person to four-person uh, scramble four-ball event. Um, and you kind of play in that one event, and then the list from each of those formats get to go play at Sea Island, Georgia later this year. So we're doing something like that to kind of support amateur golf within our section. Um, and then another new pro-am that was, came out the last few weeks was the Minnesota National Pro-am which is the day before the facility team championship. So thought it'd be a good opportunity. Obviously, if you wanted to go up there a couple of days early, you can plan that and then go over to Craigans uh, for the facility team. So a lot of, a lot of updates, a lot of changes, a lot of new additions. And we know Jordan, where any, anything to 2023 you can add. Uh, I'm going to tease you again. There's not, please. I, I can't, I can't really, I can't really commit to anything. I mean, there's a few, obviously like golf champions is locked in at um, Golden Valley. Uh, and then obviously the state open at Oak Ridge. Um, I've been sending and having communications with other clubs about 2023, but nothing's been finalized yet. So, so tone golf, kind of a golf, revolving schedule. golf champions is not on the schedule yet for this year. Are we? No, it's on, it's on there. Oh yeah, it's late October, uh, September thirtieth to the second. There it is. Sorry, Minneapolis. My bad. So I, just I think had to scroll further. Yeah, I think everything uh, should be on um, the calendar. Actually, one other addition I just um, thought of. So you know, we had that CRMC points race um, to get that spot into the CRMC PJ Tour Canada event at Craigans. Um, So that uh, is coming out shortly. Um, for when that qualifier would be for those top 25 people. Uh, it, should, it will be on August 8th um, at Craigans. And so the top 25 will compete um, for that. And the, well, the top individual, the medalist, will receive the um, exemption into the tournament. And then the top 10 pros will, um, will be in a purse that Craigans is sponsoring. So that information should be out shortly uh, by the time that this podcast is released. It should be online on our, on our schedule. That's beautiful, Tone, because then people can support our friends up at Crosswoods for that Team Gilboa Scholarship Program that wasn't very well attended last year. So I'm proud of them for getting this back on. I know it was a tough date, um, but hopefully maybe there's some add-in for you guys like you, Scotty, who should qualify for the uh, points race. I'm on, I'm on the outside looking in right now. When does that shut off tone for the points race? When's the State last? Open. State that, open. Well, it's actually, it was, it was, it's actually now the, because uh, Luther two is a little later this year. It's going to be the Luther two event on July 11th. So it's going to be like two weeks back to back state open. And then Luther two at white bear yacht club will be the last one. Oh, Scott wasn't going to plan that because he's no longer a head pro. Uh, but I guess you can play on the Luther side. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> yeah, you're you're something special. Uh, I will say this, Greg. You better get going. Um, I, I can say this. And Where this am is I? Privilege. Um, Eighty-four people allowed in the Twin Cities Open. I think eighteen have pre-registered. Sixteen or eighteen already. That event is going to fill, and last year it was a late addition to the calendar. 
and we had what tone around 60? It's 63, kind of as a new event, not many people knowing about it. So I think a lot of people do know about it now. Um, you know, obviously last year I was asked or kind of leading up to when it was released where it's going to be. So I think there's a lot of interest out there. And uh, once the early registration ends on uh, Monday, right before it opens up, we'll see where we're at. But um, I think I think that's a good chance of filling this year. So that's my, uh, that's my hope. Tone, I got a question for you. Um, what are you most looking forward to this, this upcoming section calendar season? A couple things. Give a, uh, the, the uh, MGA PGA Cup matches. I think we're, we're getting a good team lined up. That's always a fun event. Uh, Is it because I'm probably not on the team this year? No, I just, I think, you know, well, well you may be on the team, Scott. We're, we're going through some individuals, so we, we, we may see. Um, Almost got the team locked and loaded there. We're doing, uh, got a good color scheme going on that Kaylee knows about. I'm going to tease that a little bit. Um, I think we're going to try to rally up the team this year. I think that's something that, uh, you know, do something a little different. So that'd be fun. Um, and then obviously I'm looking forward to the Twin Cities Open, you know, just the second year of doing that. And then I always look forward to um, the State Open, one of my favorite events to kind of get running uh, in addition to our section championship. So I think the Wilderness will also be another highlight of, our year, you know, Kayla and I were talking about the schedule. It seems like we're going up north a lot once August hits. So we'll kind of be uh, up there in, uh, you know, the Brainerd area and all of northern Minnesota in um, August and September. So it's going to be a lot of traveling, but a lot of a lot of good fun and memories. Well, Tone, Jack and I have chatted a few times, and he's been ecstatic with what you've done for him for that CRMC event. Um, Jack's almost full of sponsors already. I don't know if he's told you these things. He's done really well with this. They just flew down to the players' um, uh, championship and uh, and had a great time down there, despite the weather, which we'll get into. But I'm really looking forward to how this shapes out for our section and for our area. And of course, lots of things like you said highlighted around Craigans this year, and they they deserve it. I mean, we've got the the uh, Rockstar Pro Am early. You've got the uh, Facility Championship late, and I'm excited to see the layman design. I mean, I think everybody is. And um, it's cool that we have a, a big time event for us here in our, in our state. And hopefully it's here for a long time. Yeah, no, for sure. It's good. It's going to be an exciting, exciting year for all that. Um, Tone, one quick one. Uh, did you see that Andrew McCain Monday qualified for the Valspar? I did not see that. No. Yeah, so our, uh, Greg, our 2015 and 2018 State Open champion uh, Monday qualified for the Valspar this week. So good luck to Andrew in that event. Scotty, I love how you keep up on this stuff. That's so awesome. Yeah, I, I was just looking at him like, hey, wait, McCain's in the field. Yeah, he shoots, he shot 67, tied your favorite golfer, the Barn Rat. Who, yeah, who also my look, Monday qualified. My lookalike? Look my, my body double? No, I think uh, I think you look a little bit better than the barn rat. Yeah, well, sure? I, I'm sure. All right. Well, I'm glad because I love seeing Afi Bonrod at the uh, Masters. I'm not going to pick him later in our picks, but. All right, Tone, thanks for the update. We really appreciate it. And, uh. I actually have one one quick thing if I can add. Yeah, uh, please. One update that will uh, apply to Scott a little bit. 
Um, so there is an update on our hole-in-one club for 2022. Um, we're going away from a, a club kind of entry, you know, kind of entry fee to get into the club. Um, so a small portion of a uh, player's entry fee is going to go towards the accumulating pot. So if you're an eligible player playing in one of the, I believe, 11 events in 2022, a uh, small portion of entry goes into that, and it's just going to keep accumulating. And then that ensures that any hole-in-one that is made uh, will be eligible for the pot. So there's not a Scott McDonald State Open situation. Can we have, like, a uh, – can we retroactively have this – for last year for the state open. Um, I think it's a great idea. Um, the minute I got the hole in one at the state open, I thought to myself, did I get in the hole in one club? And I <clears throat> came in and I said, am I in the hole in one club? No. And I said, what's in the pot? And there wasn't a lot, which, which made me happy and a little sad too. Cause I think the hole in one club's cool. So I think this is a great idea. If it's a buck or two per entry fee, I think it's great. The yeah, so Borgen won. Yeah, Tony. Chris Borgen won in 2020. We didn't have a winner in 2021. Uh, but um, our sponsor is these <laughs> with SmartPin. Uh, you know, put 2,000 in the pot. So right now the pot's going to start for 2022 at uh, $2,400. So just going to keep accumulating from there. So. Obviously, it'd be a good little payout if uh, if someone gets a hole in one uh, from pocket change for Scott. Pocket <laughs> change. Uh, I mean, he doesn't need that money tone. I'll, I'll talk to Jim Leary and see if he, he'd give me half of the twenty four hundred from <laughs> Smart Pin. But no, I think that's a great idea. It's um, tone. Do you have any hole in ones? I have two hole in ones. Really? Two hole-in-ones. I almost I almost had three, but it was like, that was like five or six years ago when that happened. But it, we were all when I was kind of younger, kind of in high school. Wow. How many do you have, Greg? Officially, I think it's four. Unofficially, because I've had two when the season was over. Actually, no, three when the season was over. One at the preserve. Do you remember that one? Me telling you that one? Where yeah. They had sand. They had sand in the cup. And so it was barely, you know, barely below surface and we saw something just crater down and i looked at jack and i go i think that's in and he goes i think it's in and we get up there and it was in but those don't you know i mean they're kind of unofficial and then it, i've had two here at olivia that have been when season was over no flags uh just the holes cut and uh one of them was with my daughter and i said go get that out of the hole and she's like no way it didn't happen. i'm like yep go get it but my biggest one was at the section championship at craggins Hole eight. That was my biggest. Hole eight. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. When, yeah, I, I, I remember making the turn and I'm like, yeah, somebody got a hole one. I'm like, who? Greg Snow. And I'm like, I didn't know who was Greg and who was Mike at that point. <laughs> it's before yes. you and I were friends. I'm like, which, which one is that? Is that the older one or the younger one? And I always thought you were the older one, but here Mike's the older one. He is the older one. Yep. Uh, either way. Tone, anything else for us? I think that's it. That's a couple of updates. All right. We'll bring you back here in a little bit when we start talking about some master's picks. But uh, we know you're busy and your summer's busy. Sorry we don't let you play much golf. But thank you for what you do for us. And uh, Scotty will take care of playing all the golf for us.
So, Scott, I want to start talking a little bit about the Players' Championship. Obviously, that just happened this last weekend. Um, you might have saw – you're not a real active on Twitter, but I am. And I uh, I tried to go after uh, Brandel Chambly a little bit. Uh, I didn't I didn't understand why he thought the 17th hole is an abomination. Give me your take on hole 17 at the Players' Championship and what you've always – thought of it and uh, the tournament in general, you know, going along with that. It's, it's what a hundred and it, it can play as short as 125 and as long as 150. Somewhere in there. Yep. Take, yeah. I, I mean, it's literally a gap wedge at 120, maybe a sand wedge for some given the circumstances up to the most, if it's blowing a million miles an hour. I mean, some guys were hitting seven irons on Saturday when it was crazy or Sunday. Justin Thomas, it, a, Justin Thomas hit a six iron actually on one. Yeah, ship six. Brian Seiwert loves that shot. So, anyways, I think, hey, it, yeah, it's 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 a tough hole given neutral circumstances, but is it really that tough? It's a pretty big green. You just hit it. I mean, if you're not hunting for the flag and you try to hit it at the middle of the green, I mean, most guys that are on tour are going to hit it 95% of the time. So it's when they try to get aggressive that it, that it gets a little haywire. I heard that and I was just, sometimes I think Shambly just tries to start stuff to keep his name in the news. And I'm glad that you and the Twitter police can call him out on it. That's right. Because uh, it's, it. hey, these are the best players in the world playing for $20 million plus, by the way. It should be a little difficult, huh? We're going to talk about that in a second, but I'm going to give you my take on this yeah. as well. And the reason I went after him is because it makes no sense that you call a hole an abomination because of the factors that they had to play in. I mean, Scott, you've played in the NCO, I think, six times now, five, six. We've never had phenomenal weather. We've always played in tough conditions. The average golfer plays in tough conditions. I mean, when we book a tee time, we don't sit here and go, oh, I heard it's going to be 30-mile-an-hour wind, so I'm going to cancel. No, you just go play and you battle with the 30-mile-an-hour wind. And that's my point to Chambly and, and the talking heads is start appealing to your customers. We actually don't mind seeing a tour pro have to hit chip a six iron from 138 or whatever that number is because we can relate. I've done it here on hole five in Olivia. I've chipped six iron and that plays the longest it can play is 155. And it just, wind is part of the game and we're not playing the dome. And just to call out this hole for whatever reason, because I think Brandel is one of the top guys, Scotty, for analyzing things and breaking things down. I just could not understand why he thought this was such an abomination. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, they, that's the, the, let's be honest. The tour players are a little spoiled. They play yeah. the best courses under the best conditions and they pick the best week of weather, used typically for each tour event. So they've got picture perfect conditions for what, 95% of their rounds? So they oh, have easily 95%. And that's, and you know what, <clears throat> what they experience at the players is exactly why a lot of us love the Open Championship because there is tough weather and they have to deal with it and there is adversity and it makes it so much sweeter 
for someone to come out on top when they have to battle the elements. The tough thing is, is when you talk about, Greg, when you talk about the draw, where you get a, a beautiful morning on a Thursday, Tom Hoagie and a few others, yep. and then you've got to play in the afternoon and sit through the rain and all that. But Justin Thomas and Bubba Watson battled. Granted, yep. they weren't there at the top towards the end, but some people battled through it and persevered. And there were some guys in that afternoon wave. I think five out of the top 12 were in that afternoon wave. So the draw is tough, but I vividly remember a tape mark draw where the morning guys on Saturday got poured on. Average pro was 73, 74. Don Barry shot 65 or 66. So the great players can battle through it. The draw is, is, is there's a little bit of a luck, but some, we've both been on the good side of the draw and the bad side of the draw. Let's be honest. All of us have. It's part of the nature of the beast with, uh, with those. And I always look at the British Open. They say it changes mid-round. So you have a course like St. Andrews where you go out and come back. I'm sorry that you might be playing downwind the whole day. Mm -hmm. You might be playing into the wind the whole day because some things can change. So I just didn't have a whole lot of time for that. One more topic, uh, because we at, at the golf show, we talked a little bit about the Saudi tour. And uh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to either hate me or love me for this. But, Scott, I have yet to see one of these tour players send Phil Mickelson a thank you note. I mean, what has happened to these purses? Yeah. This is, this is not – this is – abnormal to say the least is it not what's your take on why the purses have generated i say it's bill mickelson i say he called the tour out and they said oh we just need to pump in more apparently so that these guys understand that we we're committed to them I, well, maybe i'm wrong you talked me off the ledge there no there there's a little bit of that but there's also a little bit of the tour does not own any of the majors the masters Augusta National, PGA Championship, PGA of America, Open Championship, RNA, US Open, USGA. They don't own any of those majors. They don't get the revenue from them. They, it, is, it is considered a tour event, but it is not a tour event. They I don't know what it. you're saying. Yep, got yes. it. Yes. So this is their major. And what can they do? They can't make it a major because the golf historians would say, well, it's not. There's right. only four majors. So what are they doing? They're making it, trying to make it the premier and biggest event with money. And no one's going to be able to match them. I mean, Anirvan Lahiri got 2.1 million for second place. I think that's more than every single first place check for the entire year. That includes all majors. Yep. Paul Casey got 1.3 or 1.4 for third place. That's more than... 50% of the first place checks out there. So it is absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's, it's putting things on an unfair playing field. And now people are going to be like, well, I'm not going to the 3M open because first place is only 1.2. I can finish third at the players and make that. Scotty, but we've seen even the events leading up to this one, the purses have jumped significantly. Have the invoices changed to the sponsors? I don't know what, what's going on there, but yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And 
this one is just just this is the tour saying hey you want the money we got the money we got the money <laughs> it's it's cuba saying show me the money and that's kind of what phil said he pulled the cuba gooding jr jerry Maguire, and the tour has said okay here's 3.6 for first i i keep hitting it on twitter with everybody that posts about purses and paul casey winning one point whatever and i go has anybody sent phil mickelson a thank you card yet because again before tory pines None of this was happening, and I don't think they're re-invoicing the sponsors. The coffers are thick. They're sending in some of the money from the what we call reserves, I'm sure. But I hope the spa, I hope the charities aren't taking a hit on this just so the players can have more money in their pockets. That's yes. what I'm hoping, Scott. And I, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of uh, people saying, well, we gave this much to charity. I think that's going to be downplayed because the money's got to come from somewhere, right? We've run events. And if we want to add more to a purse, something else takes a hit, whether it's green fees, staff, you know, you name it, charity, something takes a hit if you want a higher purse. And I can't see the tour being any different. Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit when we talk about candidates for national office, if we have time, but I'll say it right now is the PGA of America is in a little bit of trouble here. Because we've got the PGA Championship, which for, you know, 100 plus years has been a major. And if one of those, I doubt Augusta isn't going to back down because they've got the money. We know they have the money. (laughs) have the money. But it's going to be the USGA, the PGA of America, and the RNA. Who's going to pony up to get it up to the level of the players? Because if one doesn't and they lag behind, who's to say that they won't say, hey, how is the PGA championship still a major when the winner gets 1.8 million and all the other majors winners get 3.5 plus. All right. I'm writing this down because I want, I want you to go, you set the line for the PGA championship winners check, and I'm going to take the over or the under. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I think I want to say it was like 1.8 or 1.9 last year. That sounds right. So I'm going to say that they'll do 2.2 for oh, first. I got over. I got over. You think so they'll I, get over? I think I was going to say 2.8. Have I they think author- that, are they authorizing a dues increase to help no, pay for no. this? I think you've nailed it, Scotty. They have to stay par. So yeah. again, they'll do it. There's again, they aren't going to take it out of our dues. There's money in the reserves. They have to do the, the tours, put it on this. Look what happened in the NFL with that wide receiver that went, he's a no name wide receiver, Christian Kirk that went to Jacksonville for 84 million ridiculous contract for a wide receiver. Now the market is up. Yeah. And every yeah other the bar has been raised. Every other team goes, no, he's an also ran wide receiver. So the PGA tour or ch- the PGA powers that be, I think are going to go over on your 2.2 i'm going as high as 2.8 which is still what scott 800,000 shy of what we just watched yeah not to mention that's just the first place check how much total money is in there because the the players was 20 million uh that i i don't know what total was yeah that sounds right hey uh last year pga championship purse 12 million 
Open Championship and Masters, $11.5 million. So those, they have to get above 15, don't they? Oh, yes. But, Scotty, we also have to remember that these tournaments are one for your name and history more so than your check. And yes. the sponsor dollar that comes with winning a major, uh, Ben Curtis will probably tell you, set him up for life. You know, even though it was just the British Open, I'm sure that if he was wise with his investments, he's doing great because he, oh. he picked up a sponsor or two. Yeah, what do you got? Phil got 2.16 from last year. So 2.2 is going to be low. They need to, I think 2.8, you're probably okay. right about where it should be. You take the under on 2.8, I'll take the over. Yes. Okay, I'll give you a chance to win that one. Scotty, move us on to PGA elections. We had yeah. some candidates, some stuff happened with the regionals. You're the secretary of the Minnesota PGA. Tell yes. us what's going on there because we got elections in November and I'm going. Calling it on this podcast right now. I'm going. You and Julie better be going. So we've got... Uh, I see you dodge got, that. Nice. Hey, well, I'm hoping to go. It's in Arizona. It's in November. I've never went. And not this year, but coming up next year, I'll have uh, I'll have a vote in the next two elections yeah, as you a have delegate. To go. Yes. So we've got two delegates this year. It's uh, President Hanford. Vice President Anderson. Uh, at the merchandise show, I got to meet uh, all three candidates. We've got uh, Dan Pasternak, who is from New Jersey. We've got Nathan Carnes, who is from the Midwest section, uh, Missouri area. And then we've got Tony Martinez, who is in uh, North Texas. And those are the three candidates. Uh, they had to announce by the fall uh, of last year that they're running and kind of the big start was at the merchandise show. There was a town hall, which I was at felt like everybody did well, um, very well prepared. And all these, all three of them have good backgrounds. They've all served on the national board. They've, uh, they've obviously all served on sections, uh, boards and they've, they've all been district directors essentially. So a few different, you know, and, and they're all operators. They're all, uh, I think Dan's a, a GM. Uh, Nathan is a GM as well. And I think Tony actually owns a couple of facilities. So they're on operations. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting to see how the candidates come to be, the process going forward. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, J.D., uh, Ryan and Phil went down to Houston for a super regional where essentially it's it's a bunch of people uh, sections getting together and they meet with the candidates. They have the candidates have a presentation. You have a Q&A. You get to meet, you know, dig deeper. Um, and I can guarantee you that uh, our delegation threw some hardballs. You know that Phil Anderson loves to throw some hardballs. So it was, uh, it kept them on their toes. Uh, I forget, but one of the candidates said that they felt like uh, they were in the hot seat um, with, with, with our section, which is great. You, Greg, if you were in that position, I know you would keep them on their toes as well. Um, you've been called, I think the word is recluse. Yeah, and I, I think that's a badge that you yeah, wear we look with pride. We looked that up, and maybe that wasn't the right term because recluse is a uh, somebody who's kind of a loner. So we have to come up with something else. 
I think it was Tim Johnson or his wife that brought that up that maybe you need to look at this term again. But point being is Scotty is that that's, that's what it's for. We want to see their vision for the PGA on a national level, because sometimes what they do, for example, when they took over all the accounting for the sections that directly affected us, our budgets, it's tough for us to get budgets going when they took over basically all the accounting and we're going to send us how that all works in the computer system. Sounded great, but then implementing it was difficult, right? And yeah. so those are things that it's like, I'm sure Phil, and this is no slam on Ryan. Ryan Hanford is the nicest guy on earth. Phil will crush you, love Phil. He'll he'll come in with that hard question of, what are you doing about this? <laughs> and yes. again, he's perfect for those type of candidates to go, oh, Maybe I haven't looked at that. Maybe I need to address that when I become president, if I do become president. Yes. So, and, well, secretary, there become secretary, then they move up the ladder. I'm sorry, but we yeah, all know yeah. how this works. Yeah. So essentially, I think that a hardball question, which I'm sure they've been asked and they've got their scripted line would be, how do we get the PGA championship purse to $20 million? Could be. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a question. And then also it's um, another question that I know has been asked by uh, Phil is, would you sell the Ryder cup? Wow. Because the the value has never been higher. And uh, the, the, the PG, you know, that's how we operate. It's, we lose money three years, and then the fourth year, when we have a home Ryder Cup, we make all of our money. And that's pretty much how our budget works. So if the players stop playing in the Ryder Cup, and the value of the product goes down, and the TV deals go down, and the sponsorship goes down, then how do we run the association without a big revenue gen generator? Because the PGA Championship, I think it makes a little bit money, but it doesn't make enough to sustain our budget. And it sure as heck isn't going to make enough with $20 million purses to sustain our budget. Well, I, if I was secretary coming in, I would say I'm not touching it till after Beth page. Cause that's going to be, that's going to be epic beyond epic. I mean, in New York city with those fans, I think it's, I think they're going to sell out like that Scott for sponsorships and for TV. I, I, Pete Bavacqua was kind of the first way back when to kind of push the envelope on this. And I also know that they talked to him about selling it. I wouldn't touch it. And of course, with it coming back to Hazeltine, you know what? If I'm a Minnesota candidate, I would go, no, that's off the table. It's coming yes. back to Minnesota, my home state. Yes. It's, what year uh, is that again? The, is that 29? Well, it, was 20, it was supposed to be 2028, but now it's 2029. Yes. Right. And that was... JD, when he was on the board, they had they voted to move the PGA Championship to May, knowing that there's no way Hazeltine would ever host the PGA Championship again. And then obviously, you know, we don't want that for the state. We don't want that for Hazeltine. We don't want that for anybody because we love hosting major championships in this state. But he, he, sometimes you're outnumbered. And yeah, pretty good alternative, Scott, to get a Ryder Cup again. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. 
I'm but sorry I'm, to say it, but the hype for that last one was two years minimum. Might have been even more than that. Because yes. we were on were you on the board at that? I don't think you were on the board yet at that time, right? Yeah, I was just getting on. Yes. Okay. And that was there was a lot of talk leading up to it. But all right, great update about the PGA section, Scott. Maybe more to come on that in the future. Let's bring Tone back in. We're going to go right to Masters picks here. Our next podcast is scheduled shortly after the Masters. Sorry for all those who like more content. We're doing the best we can. So we're going to pick way early these things. And obviously, injury comes into play. Uh, I would suspect that none of us will pick Phil Mickelson because we just don't know what's going to happen there. We don't know if he's going to play or not play. Uh, but you brought up a good point. The PGA Tour does not run that event, so it might be something where he feels he could. So I'd be interested to see if one of you guys pick it. I have uh, I have spots for each of us to pick three guys, and I'd like to do total money if that's okay for the three. Yes. Obviously, yeah, knowing like that if you, if you get the winner, you're probably in good shape. But if all three of your guys make the cut, maybe you can topple the guy who's the winner. Tony, you okay with those rules? Sound good to me. All right. Pretty simple. Uh, we go for bragging rights and, uh, I have a lot of them cause I did really well last year with a lot of these picks. So how we're going to do this is we're going to go, uh, we'll pick an order. We'll go tone, then Scott, then me, I'll take the third pick. And then because I, I feel like I need to handicap this to you guys. We'll do that again. So what, not you're not snake. going snake. No, no snake. Okay. I will pick third. I will pick third each time and I will be glad to do it. All right. Uh, Scotty, you want to give us a little background as to uh, what you want to handicap the field a little bit for us or tell us what you think is going to happen? Maybe don't well, have individual guys, but give us a little preemptive on this. Well, it'll be interesting. You know, uh, the, the, the reigning Masters champion, WD, from the players just recently with a back issue. So who knows what's going on with Mr. Matsuyama. But, uh, I mean, I think it's... It, there's going to be a lot of lead up, especially, and there's going to be just a lot of discussion. What's the story with Phil? What about, I mean, and then everybody's always asking until he says, no, is Tiger going to play? I know we all think it's going to be a stretch, but there, there will be the talking heads talking about it until Tiger says he's not in. So it will be, it will be interesting um, to see what happens. Um, I think from a local perspective, Tom Hoagie, who's been playing great, he's playing in his first Masters, which is going to be a really cool experience for him. Um, and it's, it's weird because uh, we've got the top guys, the big names. Bryson hasn't played in how long, so there will be speculation about that. Um, but, you know, Rory's not in great form right now. I mean, Morikawa looked like he was playing great and missed the cut at the players. JT, bad draw. Yeah, bad draw. JT has been playing solid. Looks like that's coming around. Jordan Spieth, fourth for the course. And, yeah, I think it's – I mean, who doesn't get excited for the Masters every year, right? Exactly. And with a later spring this year, what looks like, that's going to be about the opening weekend, I think, for a lot of golf courses. And when those collide, it's awesome. And yes. so I, I think it's going to be great. Tone, any thoughts before we start picking? No, I think, um, yeah, I think, can I agree with Scott? I think it's going to be 
interesting. I think there's a, my opinion, I think it'd be a first time winner, first time major winner. I think you've seen that a lot on the tour, a lot of new kind of people winning. And I think uh, someone's going to become a new major champion. So do you just want to make that pick right now? Because that was your prediction at the end of season four. Are you going to stick with that? I was going to say my, my, my pick, I think last season was Victor Hovland uh, to win the masters. So that that would be my first pick. Pick number one for tone is Victor Hovland. Who's in good form. Uh, Yeah. I mean, he's been playing great. Was right in the mix at Bay Hill was right in the mix of the players. I mean, He's rock solid. Um, Yeah. I'm going to go recency bias, Greg. I'm going to go with Cam Smith, the guy who's finished Ah! top 10 twice in this event. Two years ago was second to DJ. And then last year was 10th. The guy is an unbelievable putter, and that's what you need at Augusta. And I'm glad that I gutted you stealing your pick. So I got a little backstory here and I was going to use it to, to tell you why I was picking them. So we're at the uh, super or the wild card weekend down in uh, down at diamond Joe's we're hanging out there. We're doing football games. And of course the century champions was on. And I looked right at one of our guys. Who's a high roller. He, I'm a $20, a guy better. He's, He's a $200 a guy better. And he looked at me and he goes, Snow. I go, that's your guy for the Masters right there. I said, go get him. And I don't know what he got him at. If it was 40 to 1, 30 to 1, I'm not sure. But he doesn't put a $20 bet. And it was Cameron Smith. And that was my guy. And I hate you. <laughs> so who are you going to go with now, Greg? I'm going with Mr. Majors. Because I love that he missed the cut, and I love this attitude of missing the cut. He was laughing as he was dumping balls into the drink on 17, and that's Brooks Kepka. Oh, do you like the dyed hair because you used to have no. the dyed hair? No, I think he should have kept the hat on, but it was windy. I just like the way that he handled it because, again, we know he doesn't care about these. He does not care about the money. Again, he was laughing about it, that it was comical, and he just can focus in, and I think that he's going to – I think he's going to do some stuff here at the Masters, and he's been close. So I think it's time for him to break through. All right, Tone, back to you. Pick number two. I think I'm going to go with a guy who uh, goes against what I said about being a new major champion, but someone who always seems to, you know, kind of show up in the majors, you know, missed the cut this last week. But uh, it's been playing well, I think, Colin Morikawa. I thought you were going somebody else. So, okay, nice. Colin Morikawa. Oh, good pick. Solid. Scotty, what do you got? Yeah, I think Colin Morikawa is my favorite golfer out there right now. I just love his style. Um, I had, If he's hanging around, I'm not going to pick him this time, but I am going to go with um, the, the redemption storyline. Jordan Speed. He's won it once, had it literally, what's, what do we say? One arm was in the green jacket. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One arm was in the green jacket, and then our good friend, what's his name? Molinari? No, not no. Molinari. Okay, because he was also in the running. Who won it that year that he that he threw it away? Danny, uh, Danny Willett rips it off. Willett. 
Embarrassing. So I'm going with Jordan Speed, another great putter. That's who I thought Tone was picking with the last pick by the way he was describing it. Uh, this is going to shock you guys who I'm going to pick, but I love the, I love taking him in this major and I think he's going to get it eventually. Um, but it's Justin Rose. He's he, Hey, I'll guarantee you one thing, Greg, he's on the leaderboard after Thursday. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> and, and last year I had a nice ticket on him. Uh, I think he was coming in at 30 or 40 to one. So a $20, the $20 hit was, you know, something yeah. good. And I, I, I was pretty pumped. Plus I had him in our, we do a draft here at the OGC and I had him in that as well. So I had a lot of things riding. All right. Our last pick back to tone. I'm going to go with another person who hasn't won a major hasn't won on tour, but it's been a close, um, always seems to have a couple good rounds and then something doesn't happen, but he got, I believe second last year. Uh, Will Zalatoris. Ah, yes, that's Kaylee's. Uh, that's Kaylee's boy. But she asked to not be part of the picks this year, but she would have picked him number one, I'm sure. He played great. Didn't he play really good round one at uh, at this last at the players? Yeah, yes. he, he was he was like six under after a couple rounds and just, you know, didn't have the greatest weekend. But, I mean, he was close at Farmers. I think it's just only a matter of time. Yeah, with that putting stroke, it shocks me. I mean, he makes my putting stroke look good, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen more hinges and crooks on the backswing than anybody? Yeah. It's out there. All right, Scotty, your last pick. You okay. got a team of Smith and Spieth. Who's the other S? You taking Adam Scott? Ooh, there's a couple good S's that I'd like. Scheffler, Shoffley. But I'm not going to go that route. I was, I'm looking at John Rahm, but here, listen to me. I picked him this week at the players. Did you see the nine he made on whatever hole it was? It's just, I, I, I love like how John Rahm, once it starts going bad, he's kind of got a little bit of, he's going to snap something and yeah. he does it. And uh, I love the fire, but I'm going to go Justin Thomas. Win his first Masters. Um, I think he's just playing great right now. And yeah, the JT is my pick. It's a good pick. I should have taken him. I should have taken him at number two, knowing that you guys wouldn't take Jay Rose. Um, an outside the box pick that I'm going to leave alone is uh, Leishman. Uh, he always seems to play well there. I'm not going to go that route. Uh, I'm not going to take Mickelson or, or Woods because you just don't know if either of them are going to show up. Although if Phil does, you guys know I'm cheering for him. Um, I, I always cheer for this guy at the majors. I don't know why, but I do. So I'm going to take him and you said his name, even though Scotty Scheffler is playing probably the best of this group. I'm going to take um, uh, Shoffley. Zenda. Yeah. Cool. First name. So, all right, we got our picks in. Uh, the winner uh, obviously gets bragging rights and a cup of coffee. We should throw some money on this, but it's probably illegal. So uh, in the meantime, I did pick Miami to upset USC. If you guys okay. want to use that one, Miami. Who do you got? Tournament. One final pick. Who do you got winning the NCAA tournament, Greg? Uh, I'm between Arizona and Gonzaga. I think it's a West Coast team. What how about you, Tone? Who do you got? I don't have it all done. All I say is that. New Mexico State hopefully gets through the first round. 
So Ooh, they're they're the five twelve game, right? Well, actually, I think they're going to win that game, even though I picked UConn, and I don't know why. I shouldn't, I should not have picked UConn, but I did. I think New Mexico State's going to win that game. Scotty, you got who you got yeah. winning it? Zags. I'm not going to pick anyone other than the Zags. I think they're head and shoulders above every team. Uh, and the West Coast Conference, they get knocked for being a cupcake conference. This year, they got two at-large teams, St. Mary's, who usually gets in, and San Francisco, who probably hasn't been in the tournament since Bill Russell went to school there back in the 50s. But, uh, yeah, Gonzaga. Well, I'm filling out all the way to that point as we speak, and uh, I'll have to make a decision on that. So, with no further ado, we want to thank Kaylee. We want to thank Tone. Scotty, great job today. Uh, we'll be back again in action in April. Uh, but we want to thank all of you for listening. And uh, Sky, you got any parting words for the uh, for the listeners? We'll see you on the golf course and uh, looking to get the monkey off the back at the end of March. That's right. What does that mean? I mean, you're going to golf? Oh, the NCO. Tone, that's a big deal. Mr. Tom Lehman here. I can't wait to have that podcast after. I think people are excited to hear about another runner-up finish for Scotty McDonald. All right. Thank everybody for listening. Hope you all have a great day, and we'll talk to you again on our next show, which is episode two coming in April. Good day, everybody.